Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the AEW Rampage Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bigger quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to Rampage, baby. This is Rampage. Bit of a different one this week. I'm trying to use up all the ones we've got, considering this is our penultimate Rampage ever. I yes, think. I think and it's. They're trying. They are trying. Championship Friday. So much so that, Wilborn, what am I looking at on my phone right now? Oh, it's the alarm being set. Not quite, and and you know this. Um, I'm not going to set the alarm. It's not something that I have to go out of my way to see if it was like an amazing Kenny Omega singles match. Yes. Or an amazing Brian Danielson singles match, mm-hmm. or something that I'd been DM'd about or tweeted about, saying, "Jesus Christ, this match is unreal. Mm-hmm. We were in the arena. It's special. Get it watched. You're gonna have a great time." So that's the only reason why I would willingly, on my day off, get up early when I don't have yeah. to, particularly since I'm jet lagged. Um, but it's just, it's the tier below. This looks really great, and I'm actually really excited to watch it. Um, my internal alarm clock has been broken by Las Vegas. <laughs> Unhelpfully, when I've spoke before about the fact that I'm straddling two time zones, having watched for the past however many years at least three mm-hmm. wrestling shows very early on a weekday morning, even in Vegas when I was watching these shows at the correct time, <laughs> my body was still, that's five o'clock, mate, get up. Oh, there was one morning where I was like, oh my God, it's seven. It's <laughs> seven, I can't believe it. But ever since I got back, like the kids have had to wake me up. Wow. Like I've just been zonked. Yeah. Um. So even if I wanted to stay up early, I don't think my body would actually let me for once. But... There's a lot of great-looking stuff on this card, and it's annoying, actually, (laughs) how, A, we got, you know, some basic... These acts are going into the pay-per-view. They need a win, do they? 
Do what I, was on your rampage? Uh, the acclaimed versus Roosh Drillistico and Pedro Paragrosso. Okay. Which was really fun. Roosh live is so good. Yeah. He is so good at generating heat. Um, you don't, like, there's certain things you don't see on TV, but it's like the player cam when you just focus on one yeah. person and you say, oh, I just decided Roosh. I'm going to watch Roosh every single second of this because I know how great he was as a Rudo and he's got this reputation as someone who's capable of generating, mm. like, elusive, like, really earnest heat. And the man was fantastic. Like, he was just doing this arsehole stuff on the outside, like, screaming the F-bomb at the top of his voice. And then he would do this magic thing where he would just look perplexed at the reaction he himself had generated <laughs> as if to say, what are you booing me for, you ingrate? And it's like, because you were being a dick. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so the acclaimed speech markers, air quotes, needed a win before the pay-per-view. No, they didn't. They'd won on Rampage like eight times. Yeah. It was obvious they were going to do it. Uh, they still weren't announced, were they, for the pay? No. Ethan Page and the Guns won a quick squash. And then something else happened. And then, oh, like a really sort of messy women's tag, unfortunately. And uh, Big Bill and Lee Moriarty beat the best friends. But Big Bill Live was so awesome. Yeah. It was a 7 out of 10 rampage. Um, but now he's tried. He's delivered this absolute hardcore fan service crowd, which he should have been doing all along realistically once it became apparent of, ooh, they've hit the floor of these ratings and they ain't getting mm-hmm. any higher no matter who he puts on. Moxie singles match barely matters. The elite and trios action does not matter one bit. So if you can't put the stars on there and it's only the hardcore of the hardcore who are watching, make it really cool for those hardcore fans mm. and not just sort of sub-dynamite tier, obligatory, are oh, these stars need to win a match, so let's just put them in a nothing match. And I'm annoyed because everyone online is saying... Tony Khan cares about Rampage. Like, he doesn't. No. It's one week. Let's see how this goes. Yeah, we'll be transitioning over to Collision in a couple of weeks anyway, regardless. Yeah. I'd be putting Shabbat on every week now that we're not podding on it. I really, I really want next week to be like, next week, full hour-long episode on what happens now Ethan Page's contract is owned by Matt Hardy. Yeah. I'm like, there we go. We can put that in the cupboard and leave yeah. it forever, basically. But yeah, well... Three different championships titles in four different title matches. Not none of our AWs, but still some amazing uh, matches on the card. Doesn't here. this look better than like literally any Battle of the Belt? Yes, Championship Friday, greater than symbol Battle of the Belts. That's a really good point. I didn't think of that because we were talking about it in the office. I mean, I don't know what to ex. Well, I do, and I don't know what to expect from this AAA Mega Championship three way. See, I'm learning. Yeah. Finally. Um, El Hijo Del Vikingo, Commander, and Drillistico. You got to see Commander uh, in person, uh, as you mentioned, in Las Vegas. He's even better live, isn't he? Oh, he's like, it's much better to watch it live. Um, I might have said this on a previous podcast when we were in Vegas, so permit me for repeating myself. It was kind of a blur by the end. But I've said that Tony Khan sometimes undermines himself and his product by, and it's not... Um, he's not doing this deliberately. I think he just gets excited about a certain wrestler, just yes. like we all do. But pushing Commander pretty much at the same time or very shortly after El Hijo Del yeah. Vikingo had that Omega match just felt to me like you're only going to damn this poor guy by comparison. In my mind, it was the week after. It might not have been, but that's how I remember it. It was very, it was like in and around the same time. So I was always, I always had that comparison in mind. It's like putting... Um, you know, 
Buddy Matthews on after Kenny Omega. Yeah. It's like you can enjoy Buddy Matthews for who he is, and he's very much inspired by Omega. And if you put him on after a classic Omega match, it's just not going to work mm. on the same way. And that's why you should have the range. You should have the differences. Um, but I, so la, uh, on TV, you can tell he's a step behind Vikingo in terms of threading his matches together and his stuff just doesn't look as spectacular. And moreover, AEW has this quite annoying WWE-adjacent approach where they don't cut as often as WWE is does, and thank Christ for that. Yes. But they still have that North American production-pilled approach where they will cut the camera to the impact, mm. and it's like, why? If you just do the New Japan stillness approach, like we were saying in the office, like I've... Hiroshi Tanahashi, the reason why the hi-fi flow works so well, like even past his physical prime, is one, and this is fundamental, he knows when to do it. So he knows to do his high spot when it feels all or nothing in the middle of those, like those blizzards of a reversal sequence. It feels like, oh, he's got it, he's got it, he's got it. He's going to do the high-fly flow. Like he just like places these spots perfectly. But also, New Japan Pro Wrestling just trains the camera, keeps it still, so in one, without any cuts, you can see Tanahashi either struggle to climb up the turnbuckles or frantically race with a surge of energy and adrenaline. Mm -hmm. He can just r rapidly just ascend up them, ascend up them. Then you see the full arc, and you can see the wrestler get winded, yeah, which keeps them down for three, all in one motion most of the time. And that, because of the when to do it and the sort of disciplined production, a Tanahashi high fly flow, which is a frog splash, looks better than a more complicated, dazzling aerial on AEW TV, purely th through how it's produced. When you're watching live and you see Commander do the rope walk, and then the springboard dive, because you're not seeing the cut, you're seeing the whole thing play out, and it looks like he's hitting the rafters, man. Yeah, it's wild. It's so great, and I think that AEW needs to borrow a trick from New Japan. That was one of my big takeaways um, from the live experience versus the TV experience. You've done a whole video about it with the Hamlet. Yeah, chair, subscribe to YouTube, and that's dropping soon. Um, so, who else is in this match? Drillistico and Vikingo. Yeah, you had a slight concern when we were talking about this in the office. I would like the base in this match, um, just to keep it grounded, just to um, watch some sicko bumps, just to... Like, a great base doesn't just make um, for some great, like, stylistic range in a match like this, but it also puts over the risk factor mm. in that if you get caught, and it's an impressive feat of strength to watch someone just get caught and then drill to the canvas, but it puts over the risk aspect. Yeah. Um, or don't go for that aerial. You might get, like, squashed like a bug. Um, so I would like to watch on AEW television, like, someone like a Vikingo or a Commander working with a base, but... You're going to get some empty calories, but they are going to taste incredible here. <laughs> um, again, I don't know if just we didn't have, I didn't have any followers in San Diego or whatever. If this match was as blow away incredible as the ceiling suggests, 
I feel like there would have been some hype about it. But even if they're... It's going to be great with that crowd. Yeah, they were loving the in-ring particularly. So they'll elevate it. The match should be excellent. Um, Vikingo's going to win, obviously. But more so than most matches, when he gets swept up in how exciting and spectacular the, the action is, even if you don't care about who wins or have a very good idea of it, just the sheer spectacle will yeah. completely lose you in it. I think there is going to be an element of bell the bills here, because I think, just like that show, I don't think we're going to see any title changes. But I sense, I'm going to shock you here, I think we're going to get some bad faith takes from uh, wrestling fans after this match, because it's all the big high flyers who, like you say, do all this jaw-dropping stuff, and people are just going to be doing the old, well, that's not realistic. I that's... watched Paul London and Accio on Velocity in oh. 2004 work at a speed and didn't really sell much of it. And 19 years later, <laughs> fans of the exact same promotion are going to complain about a similar match. Like, it means nothing. Yeah. Oh, I don't even get wound up by it anymore. No. Speaking of which, by the way, I've got something very controversial to ask you about later on. Okay. Um, before that, though, it's time for Zack Sabre Jr.'s Rampage debut against Action Andre. Remember him? To be fair, he's been over in uh, Ring of Honor. Uh, Phil Chambers tells me, obviously, with the uh, injury to Dante. Yeah. It's awful with the Martin brothers. Never seem to be... It's a better story, hopefully, if they can all come back and great yeah. Nick. Get well soon. Um, but yeah, New Japan TV title defense for Zack Sabre Jr. I love him. I think it's going to be a really enjoyable match. For the vast majority of listeners, right, who won't watch Ring of Honor on, on a club because it offers nothing that AEW doesn't, there's enough AEW content and all the rest of it. Zack Sabre Jr. and Rocky Romero had a match at the ROH taping that I attended ah. in Vegas and Zack Sabre Jr. I was exhausted and he still popped me <laughs> because he's great. Like, I tapped out after that match because we had to go and cover AEW. We weren't there for Ring of Honor, mm -hmm. so those were the breaks. Uh, and you'd been there for about four hours. Yes, yes. In one <laughs> swift motion, when Rocky Romero sat up, ZSJ drop-kicked the back of his head and said at the same time, Flippy sh**! <laughs> so it, wasn't even, it didn't even do a flip. Just a strike, but yeah. it just happened to like... I'm off the floor. Just, yeah, that's by his standards. <laughs> so that was really, really funny. Um, three things to say about this. One, ZSJ is going to win. Mm -hmm. Two, ZSJ versus um, an aerialist whose high spots he can counter by trapping him in a seamless submission hold is always great wrestling. And Andretti's got that kind of impulsive dumb green element to his work that ZSJ can take the piss out mm. of. So that should be a lot of fun. Three, I think they've had a bit of a mare with ZSJ in the Tony Khan verse. Mm. I, if I was Tony Khan, would have been disciplined and said, no, I'm not promoting you in Ring of Honor. Even if he was like stateside, supplementing his New Japan income with... Um, some American dates, I would have held back on promoting ZSJ because now that he's in the Tony Converse in this sort of zombie, quite frankly, ROH promotion, 
doing some good stuff, not great, not memorable, barely registers a blip. It doesn't feel like a Forbidden Door special attraction for Brian Danielson as much as he did this time last year. Oh, God, yeah, I forgot about that. To the point where I'm not seeing huge demand for that match anymore, whereas this time last year, people couldn't believe their luck that they might see it. Obviously, unfortunately, it wasn't to be. But I would have just held back from booking Zack Sabre Jr. I would have mm. said, don't put him on Ring of Honor. Keep him as this mythical, technical specialist who might have Danielson's number. Preserve him ahead of that match. Um, it's just weird that ZSJ is doing stuff on Ring of Honor. I don't think it's a good idea. Ultimately, right, if they do Sabre Jr. versus Danielson and Forbidden Door, everyone will go crazy. Yeah. Um, this take will be rendered obsolete and redundant and stupid. But for my tastes right now, I think he should have been kept as a special I'm attraction. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, and I'm, I'm a big fan of ZSJ as well. And, yeah, you're right. I think it's watered him down somewhat by doing this because he, he's sort of tarred with the Ring of Honor brush, Yeah, um, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah, I think, obviously, he retains against Action Andretti. Do you have him at All In? He's British. I'm not sure if we've mentioned that. Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't care about watching British people no. at All In. Obviously, if you pack, you're Zach Sabre Jr., you're Jamie Hayter. To a lesser extent, Will Ospreay, because, you know, a bit of a dickhead as a human being. Um, I, obviously, but I don't want a British wrestler for the sake of a British wrestler. Mm. Like, I didn't go... But when New Japan Pro Wrestling did altering them for whatever reason, oh, yeah. and Murray and Hamlet went, they were all basically saying things along the lines of, don't care about a British wrestler. I'd rather see a blue ring with sponsors on it than yeah. a British wrestler, which was a facetious but not bad no. faith way of saying, I just want the full undiluted experience and not paying to watch a... British AEW show in Britain. I'm paying to watch AEW. Yeah. It just happens to be where I am or near enough. I'm really excited to see how this match goes. I think we all, yeah, like you say, know the results. Hopefully there's a bit of black comedy here. Yeah. ZSJ mugging them off for being stupid, impulsive, and flippy. But I, yeah, I want I want that spot where you think, oh, actually, Andre might have him here, and he, like say, leaps straight into a trap by ZSJ. ZSJ was responsible for one of my favorite and more most memorable moments when we had WCPW. I think we were in Milton Keynes. And, you know, this was a show where we had Osprey, Mysterio, uh, Mike Bailey, I think Ricochet was still there at that time. And uh, he was wrestling Jay Lethal. It might have been in the, the World Cup, to be fair. Wrestling Jay Lethal. And Lethal has been trying for the Lethal Injection the entire match. And he finally gets out of the clutches of ZSJ, does the setup, bounces back off the ropes. I remember everyone just jumped up. Bounces back off the ropes, goes for the, the sort of cutter that he uses for the Lethal Injection, immediately falls back into like a... I don't know, some Dragon sort of, Sleeper. Some sort of, yeah. No idea what the thing was at the time. I was like, oh my God, that's great. So yeah, that's exactly what I want to see here. Um, but the New Japan, New Japan TV title's going nowhere. No. <laughs> Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. 
If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Um, Katsuyori Shibata versus Lee Moriarty, Ring of Honor Pure Championship. What is this life? It's uh, it's unbelievable. Weird that Shibata just isn't on dynamite as a star. There's a story there. I'm convinced of it. I can't give my takes. It's probably too conspiratorial. But why, if the man is pretty much cleared, and he is, otherwise he would not be in that ring at all, is a man with that aura, that connection, that ability to create this really unsettling his opponent is in trouble atmosphere like an all-time great of a pro wrestler in ring of honor and rampage mm. why is he not on dynamite i just do not get it it confounds me it leads me to go down a cynical path which i'm not obviously going to talk about much on a pod this match should be fantastic but again shabbat his aura isn't what it was when they did the kenta angle which I still remember being in the it office was, when oh that happened God, and we you were... coming in. I, I, obviously, me back then, I mean, I, I still, I need to get better at it, but the complete lack of awareness of New Japan. And I, you could tell through the energy you brought into the office, oh, this is a big deal. Yeah, it was a massive deal. It was a massive deal. That version of Shibata has been normalized through Ring of Honor. Yeah. So it's a bit regrettable. And again, i so annoyed when they said, oh, Shibata's going to be a Ring of Honor. Oh. Monkey's paw in the sixth hour of the taping. As I have to, at some point, go and record a podcast about AEW. That's the only thing that was going to make the trip financially viable. Mm -hmm. That's what we were there to do. Uh, The listeners, uh, the website readers have got a pretty reasonable expectation of when they can get our takes on AEW. So I kind of had to dip out of them. Ring of Honor. So it's a shame not to get to see him live. But by the same measure, it would have been bittersweet watching Shibata in genuinely, it would have looked like, it looked by the end like five-star wrestling. Oh, you know right. when the, I see what you mean. Five-star wrestling is the UK show, total money mark, where they total deluded <laughs> had the idea of running like the major arenas where they do 
Like, he's uh, a big music artist these days. Uh, Not Ed, Beyonce, but Ed Sheeran, or maybe a little bit lower than that. Who's like an arena drawing? Music oh, what about uh, George Ezra? George Ezra would do an arena. Yeah, right. Not Carlito in twenty seventeen. <laughs> with all due respect, yeah. Mr. Kennedy. You got a great reaction in Puerto Rico. Okay, Mr. Kennedy. Yes. And there was like 300 people in a massive arena. It's swagger it as well, didn't they? Yeah, of course yeah. they did. They had all the ruthless <laughs> aggression, people who never really made it stars. That was their selling point. And they tried to get punk. Yes. That didn't work. Thus, indirectly, probably delaying his AEW debut. Yeah. Because that was his perception of a money mark at the time. And how was he to know that Tony Khan was actually good? Uh -huh. Um... So that's what ROH, it looked like this couldn't belong less in the fabled MGM Grand. It was so weird. It was like a bleak experience. Yeah. There was no one left. So I, it was what would have been bittersweet. Happily, most people stick around for Rampage, and that crowd was uh, red hot. And the only time we've seen Shabbat a wrestler match was against Cassidy, and it was like, ah, oh, this is great. They're doing great work. But no one really cares or knows about Shabbat. Yeah. Um, I think this will be a joy because I think more people in that audience will be aware who he is. Even if they're not, they were so raucous on Wednesday that Shabbat, more than most people, can get people into his act. And if this mirrors the match that Shabbat had with Wheeler Utah at Supercard Super of yeah. Honor, where he basically just pays this ostensible young line, no respect, slaps him about, just kills him. This should be really, really entertaining. I remember me and Nicholas, we went to cover that show, obviously. We were very lucky to do that. And, uh, yeah, like you said, I, I'd had memories of us talking about him because it was like, you were like, oh, the, the Kentner stuff. And it's like, oh, maybe he's going to be cleared. And then there was the, and then it was like, oh, he's sort, sort of doing these matches, but we're doing it, you know, within very much with these parameters, uh, with like Orange Cassidy, for example. And you're like, okay, so we're getting like, you know, obviously handbrake on Shabbat. And I thought, oh, that'll be a good. Good, you know, really enjoyable match and a, a decent win for you. And then I was like, wait a second, they put the pure championship on him. What happens now? I know. And uh, yeah, and by the way, just a quick word on Lee Moriarty because I saw this tweet during the rounds uh, the, today. 2021 versus Punk, 2022 versus Danielson, 2023 versus Shibata. It's not a bad record, that is it? It's not bad. As he put across in the tweet, Moriarty, it felt like he's done the impossible three times. Like it's a cool little subplot of his story. And there's a fourth incredibly magical thing that he gets to do. I think I know what's going. And that's team with the legend. That is Big Bill. <laughs> Big yeah. Bill's the best. I've seen that black hole slam. Like I've replayed it five times. Yeah. He was proper. The absolute cliche of go out there and maximize your minutes. I haven't seen someone like in front of me and in fact the world grab the brass ring like he did. Mm. An incredible performance in that battle royal. I uh, Just a, a word on, on Lee Moriarty. I think he's great, by the way. I'm really excited to see what he can do in the, in the coming years because I think he's really made the most of his time in AEW. And, uh, but I wouldn't want to be him right now because I think you told me about like Shibata's aura. Yeah. You know, he had it when he came with the press conference afterwards and I was like, oh, oh my God, that's Shibata having watched, like you say, what he did to Wheeler Utah. Genuinely, if I was a wrestler, I think I'd rather step in the ring with Brock Lesnar than Shibata. Because, like you say, just that, like... Oh, I'm paid more, certainly. Well, granted. But also, I think, like you say, hey, if he just decides, you need to be taught a lesson in here, yeah. 
You know, it's a bit like when you showed me the uh, Okada clip where that lad kicks him in the face and he's like, oh, you done messed up now. Yeah. Like, well, that was almost inspired by Shibata. Yeah. Like, Shibata just can harness this atmosphere of you are f- <laughs> You are completely f***ed. Um, especially because it's a pure match. So, like, with Brock... It, w- it feels like, okay, maybe he'll drop you on your head. Maybe he'll do the Braun Strowman. Oh, we, we're doing shoot Should punches, Should be over a matter of, of minutes. But, yeah, that it's like, okay, you've got three like opportunities to to sort of lessen his impact. And then after that, he's, you're getting an absolute pasty. Yeah. Terrifying, like, man. If I had an option of, would you be John Cena in the Lesnar match at Extreme Rules or Okada in the Shibata match at Sakura Genesis? I'd pff- it's a tough decision, but I'd probably oh, I'll just be seeing it. Yeah. Like, Akada takes a mauling in that match. It's glorious. Go and watch that. Um, After this, because it's this won't be as good. Yeah. It's the second best match of all time, in my opinion, that Akada match at Sakura Genesis 2017. Even if we don't get full um, unregulated Shibata, where he's just the stiffest guy alive... He is so great on the mat, and Moriarty will be such a good opponent. That this will be a even if it's one of his more exhibition leaning post retirement matches, this would be the best one of the best ones yet because Moriarty is so capable at the technical side of things. Shabbat retains. Yeah, of course he does. We don't have to talk about this on Rampage. He retains to go on to face Big Bill. Obviously, that's the next step. We're gonna do it. Oh, any- oh my god! Oh my god! Match of the year. Sorry, Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay, yeah, get out of the way. Um, Willow Nightingale is your New Japan Strong Women's Champion, of course. Uh, taking, oh, wait a second. Taking the title off of Mercedes. Money. 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 And it couldn't have happened to a nice wrestler, in my opinion. Love Willow Nightingale. Emi Sakura is challenging her tonight. How do you see this one going? Very well. Um, what an, uh, again, Tony Khan. Even if he's not the best booker anymore, matchmaking-wise, he's still unparalleled, best in the biz, because in Willow Nightingale, you have this effervescent, wonderful babyface. Sakura is the steely veteran who can trap her, who can chop her, who can put her in real danger, who can outsmart her, and you're basically having Willow Nightingale prevail against someone who's really, really skilled and dangerous. Basically, you are creating in the AEW women's division the best foil, the best platform for Willow Nightingale to work one of her best matches. Like a great bit of matchmaking. Willow Nightingale is going to win. I think you'll forget that halfway through. Mm-hmm. The true test of a great AEW match, basically. Um I've got really, really high hopes for this as a result. Again, no noises from the taping that I've heard. That could just be an AEW thing in general yeah. at this point. But no, this should be special. And uh, there's a bit of sort of real life creeping in here because whilst I have no doubt that down the line Will Nightingale was going to be a champion somewhere uh, and has obviously done uh, title matches previously, et cetera, et cetera. Um, obviously, I think the title switch with Mercedes was down to the injury Mercedes suffered. I think yeah. general consensus is Mercedes Monet was going to leave as champion and there. And they called an audible. They called an audible. And so as a result of that, because we're aware of it, it adds that little wrinkle 
to, you know, titles can change hands at any time, but especially when this wasn't the plan, who knows if they're going to turn around and go, actually, we'll put it on, we'll put it on Willow, and then the next opportunity we get, not that I'm saying they should do this, but next opportunity we'll get, we'll switch it to so-and-so, and then we'll go to this version of the storyline we were going to do. So that almost adds to it. I think she's going to retain, but I think this is the match out of all of them. Now, maybe the, the three-way, because, you know, just ridiculous high-flying stuff is is jaw-dropping. But this is the one where I'm probably going to nibble the most on pinfalls. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. Purely because you want Willow to win. And Absolutely, the, yeah. Dif- that is the key, key difference. Yeah. Break her heart, break mine. Um, she's just the best. And she's so pure. I know. Oh, too good for this business. Yeah, father, <laughs> father. Uh, speaking of which, um, Mark Cedric, I'm not sure if you're aware or not, but there are other wrestling podcasts out there. I mean, you know, this podcast is a little bit different because this podcast that we do is one of the only professional wrestling podcasts that's actually worth a f- But um, <laughs> it's a wrestler called Kevin Nash, who you might have heard of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he does the Click This podcast. Uh, and he's been talking. This is what I wanted to ask you about. I just saw this today. Talking about AW Collision, obviously, it's all confirmed. Punk, obviously, is going to be there on the first show, June 17th. From uh, United Center in Chicago. And Kevin Nash has had his say on it because it's obviously another addition to this, uh, you say, the Tony Khan verse uh, and another show for AEW as well. Kevin Nash said, uh, I guess TBS and TNT didn't learn their lesson with Thunder. I thought the biggest mistake we made was when we went to three hours on Nitro. Then from there, we added, well, he said it differently, but flipping Thunder. Um, and yeah, he's questioning as to whether or not. AW Collision is in danger of becoming WCW Thunder. Do you have that concern? Um, Tony Khan's competent. So... That's, that's already a benefit. It's already, already one, one over. It's already one over WCW in that regard. AW's infrastructure, their way of doing things, the um level of thought, the level of competence, the level of quality. Like I think we'll get a diminished return. Yeah. I think AEW will suffer when we see the same ideas that are already feeling like self-parody, excess, diminished return, like in sort of that spectrum of criticism, they can go from, eh, it's not that bad, it's just a bit much too. Oh, well, lads, do you not even see what you're doing anymore with these gauntlets, for example? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or the amount of run-ins we're seeing, the amount of interference spots. Like, it can become questionable how in touch with the pulse they are when they used to be so on it. Now there are certain times where you watch the show and it's like people are criticizing this in good faith and at a high volume how can you not see that this kind of thing needs to be abandoned or tweaked? Like the amount of run-ins at Double or Nothing, like even me and Hamlet were going, why? If you're, why are you doing this after Karen Jarrett's done it? <laughs> you're not going to get the heat that she did by interfering. So what you do is you don't do any more interference yeah. spots. Otherwise, it's just a diminished return. And there's just so many seconds and stables and valets and managers and it should be exclusive to Planet Jarrett. Mm-hmm. It underscores what an act that is. Yes. That everyone else tries to do their thing. And it should 
douse their heat, but it doesn't because they're so great. They've got valet, a manager, and a heavy in Karen Jarrett, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh. It's everything all at once, total overbooked, but they know this. Yes. It's loving. It's a tribute to the most effective part of TNA. It can work. When Luchasaurus and Arn Anderson came out, I was like, oh, fuck. Mm. I, I know you feel like you've booked yourself into a corner. Why wouldn't the big dinosaur man, hired by and paid by Christian Cage, not come out? Mm-hmm. Because it's a big match and he needs to help Christian Cage to win, and that's why this character exists in this form. But so it makes sense in isolation for them to do that spot in that match. I popped from the center on it was ridiculous. Of course I did. But when you're doing it all across the show, you're just writing yourself into corners. Yeah. And that's part of the problem with the stables and the seconds and the managers and everything else. Is like it makes no sense now for Luchasaurus individually to come out, but it also makes no sense from the fan perspective for like disciplined storytelling. It makes no sense to have everyone come out, but everyone individually has a good character motive, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Just start being more careful with who aligns with who because it's getting out of control. You forget who's friends with who. You wonder, all right, Starks is getting beaten up. Where's Action Andretti? You know, he's just, yeah, he just writes himself into so many corners. But have you ever seen the New York Rules episode of Thunder, just to get back on track? No. Oh, my God. It's it's a millionaire club versus the New Blood, where it was meant to be. All the old dickheads have to make way for the new, and that's the central thrust of that story. At the start of the night, Vince Rousseau says that every match is going to be between a member of the New Blood and the Millionaires Club, and they're all going to be fought under New York rules, where... The wrestlers have to count their own three counts. There's no referee. There's no rules. And then we reach a point where like, no one gives themselves a fast count. Yeah, I was going to say. It's instantly, like, you just go one, two, three. Well, I've won. Roll up. One, two, three. Some of them don't even count fast. It's like, you're stupid. Well, yes, because you're being told to do this under Vince Russo, so your character is stupid. And it, oh, I've just realized he's from New York. He's yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's a match, and I'm going to get this wrong. I think it's between Mike Awesome and someone, or someone and someone. That isn't Kevin Nash, and Kevin Nash wins. AEW <laughs> uh, will never be that stupid. Yeah, I, I think that the thing is... will never be that uniquely stupid. It's going to be diluted, diminished return, yes. a bit much. It's not going to feel premium, elusive, must-see, but it's not going to be like Thunder. No, I, th- I think it's it's one of those things where... Look, I watch, well, six technically, six hours. No, seven, sorry, seven hours of uh, WWE a week. But in terms of, like, main roster WWE, I don't get to a Friday and go, oh, bloody hell, SmackDown's here. I enjoy Raw, I enjoy SmackDown. They could obviously be better. There's much, there's many, many, many ways you can improve them. I think you're right. I think we're you and I are always going to harken back to the glory days, February 2020 of AEW and, and, you know, the booking and just how clean everything was and... You know, I think Cody himself said when they first started AEW, we've got like two, three years of yeah. storylines we want to do. Sort of assuring all of it, it's wasn't very it? Very strict, very sort of like, no, we're not going to, you know, bow to, to to pressure from the fans or pressure from NXT, for example. We're going to stick to what we, we know and, and tell this story. And trust the, it all. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to be that. But I also, uh, the only caveat I would say is, do not 
make me or assume that I am up to date with all the storylines because you've put them on Rampage. I don't think they're going to do that, and I think that's the difference. I think if you just said, right, you have to watch Wednesdays and Fridays and Saturdays, and if you miss any of them, you're going to be out of the loop. I think generally the consensus appears to be Rampage is going to become more of a sort of developmental show um, with, you know, the things that you would have, if you enjoyed Dark or Dark Elevation or whatever, that's going to be maybe more so on that. But, yeah, two hours on a Wednesday and two hours at some point over the weekend um, on a Saturday night. Saturday's obviously going to be an intriguing number that they do, but they're loading it obviously with Punk and they've got, I think the roster obviously helps now. It's not like they're going, God, we need Omega to work Wednesdays and Saturdays yeah. and we could kind of do with Mox and Danielson and da-da-da. You know, you and I share similar opinions about the whole roster split, but it isn't going to be, right, well, we were going to do a 10-minute, uh, you know, uh, Jericho Appreciation Society match, but we're going to have to make that 20 because the other match we're going to put on, we're going to save for Saturday night. Yeah, it's not going to be like Raw in that respect at all. Look, I don't like the roster split. I don't like the fact that every Wednesday at 9.40, you hear Excalibur go through the rundown <laughs> and you watch it and you think, this could be anything and I can't wait for what this is. That'll go a little bit. Um, So I do think it's a bad idea, the hard separation of the rosters. Can't see it working. Um, can't see it being as good. Um, But in terms of a proper quality dip, like Thunder, like n- not a chance. No. Like not a bloody chance. Just because something happened 23 years ago, <laughs> 25, 25 years ago, yeah. doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen again. You just have a horribly limited frame of reference. Yeah, and the people in charge are a lot more switched on yeah. uh, than they were back then. But, you know, an intriguing point. Good to debate it. And uh, best luck to Kevin Nash and his little podcast. Uh, right, let us, <laughs> let us know your thoughts on everything we've discussed ahead of Rampage tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, you can check out uh, the SmackDown preview myself and Hamlet right Right now, uh, and um, we'll be back later on today with Wrestle Culture complete with a hashtag bloody good quiz. And me and Sid will be back on Monday to review AEW Rampage. But for now, this has been the Rampage preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.